Tavshin Yud Zayim. It was the Shabbos after Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamus. And uh, at the end of that Fabrengen, the Rebbe made a surprise announcement that he's going to visit camp tomorrow. It was a big surprise. Nobody knew about it. This was the second of the Rebbe's three visits to camp. I told this is Tavshin Yud Zayn, 1957. The first visit to camp was the previous summer, 1956, Tavshin Tez Zayin, when the camp was in Ellenville, and it was a rented facility. And when the Rebbe went there, it was before opening day. And there was a fabrengen for the staff who was there getting ready for camp. But this year, the one I'm talking about now, Tavshin Yud Zayin, 1957, they had moved to a new location, to Swan Lake, to a property which they bought. The Rebbe actually was the one who personally signed the check to purchase the property. So it was the new, it was the new facilities. And uh, the Rebbe announced at the end of the Shabbos Fabrengen, tomorrow I'm going to camp. The third visit, by the way, was a few years later, Tavshin Chof, 1960, in honor of the 200th yard site of the Baal Shem Tov, after whom Camp Gan Yisrael is named. So the next day after this Fabrengen, Sunday, 1 p.m., the Rebbe heads up to Swan Lake, and the Rebbe toured the grounds, and the Rebbe paid meticulous attention to every detail. Uh, one of the things, when they, were, when they were looking for the property in the first place, the Rebbe had very strong opinions about certain conditions that there had to be, like it couldn't be too isolated away from other people and other camps. Um, there was one camp that had a road going through, the Rebbe didn't like that, that there should be traffic going through the grounds. Uh, the Rebbe wanted there should be a body of water, should have its own lake. So that, that was all before they even bought it. Then the Rebbe toured the grounds and was pointing out things like, for instance, by the lake, the Rebbe said that there needs to be more safety. A, a guardrail, a, a lifeguard, there, there has, to be a, has to be safety around the water. Um, there was, a, there was a, a hole in the ground and the Rebbe pointed it out. The shuffleboard courts had cracks or bumps in them. You know how shuffleboard works, so if there's bumps, it makes it so the, the thing, what do you push, like a little, like a puck, like a hockey puck, yeah? So if there's bumps in the, in the shuffleboard board court, it doesn't slide. So the Rebbe pointed it out. Can you imagine such meticulous attention for detail? The Rebbe pointed it out and said, you know, then it's not gonna, the shuffleboard's not gonna slide smoothly. You gotta, smooth out the, the surface. The Rebbe even went into the basement in one of the buildings and uh, there was a, like a, some type of a well in the ground, like a hole in the, in the basement floor. And the Rebbe said you should cover that up, put a board on top of it. Like really, really super attentive to all of these things. Then uh, after 
after the tour, so there was a Fabrengen, and the Rebbe changed into a Zaidna Kapata, to silk. The Rebbe didn't wear silk every day back then. The Rebbe changed into silk. And uh, so there was a Fabrengen, and the Rebbe said a Sicha, which was to all of the children there, but which should be, the Rebbe said, repeated to all children everywhere. And really, this is not just for now, it's for the children from the next session of camp who aren't here yet. And uh, wherever you can spread the word, you should repeat this. Whoever's hearing this should go out and repeat it wherever, whenever, to whomever. So I figure that uh, that request still stands. So we can, we can still continue to repeat the Rebbe's words. The camp, Gan Yisrael, the Rebbe says, is named after the name of the Jewish people. Interesting. I know we all associate with the Baal Shem, the Rebbe says, Camp Gan Yisrael is named after the Jewish people, because Yisrael is the name of every Jewish person, which is also the name of the Baal Shem, whose name was Yisrael. But the Rebbe first, first says the name of the Jewish people, and then says... Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. And uh, what can we learn? What can we learn about the Jewish people and Jewish children based on the Baal Shem Tov? And so here the Rebbe lays out like this whole system for dealing with children. And he does it in a structured manner where there's a point with a story, a point with a story, a point with a story. I'll, I'll show you the way it's, it's very, very meticulously structured. It's like a building. And each one is a story told by the Fidika Rebbe. And the whole thing, the Rebbe frames it as a continuation of Yudbeis Tamus, the Yemigoula, and the birthday of the Fidika Rebbe. In fact, I'll tell you what a continuation it is. There was a mimer that Rebbe said at the Yud Beis Tamos Fabrengen, which turned out to be a hemshech of three maimorim. It was a continual, a series of three maimorim. The first one was Yud Beis Tamos. The second mimer in the series was the aforementioned Shabbos. And then the third mimer, which completed the series, that Rebbe said at camp, after the sicha. So this is all a continuation of the whole uh, Yud-Based Thomas Fabreng. So the Rebbe says, the, the Friedrich Rebbe told a story about the Baal Shem Tov, that when he was five years old, you understand each of these are stories from the Friedrich Rebbe about the Rebbeim, you're going to see as we go through. So the first story is a story the Friedrich Rebbe told about the Baal Shem Tov. The camp is named Yisrael, which is the name of every Jew, which is also the name of the Baal Shem Tov. Rebbe told the story that when the Baal Shem Tov was five years old, his father said to him, Mein Kind, You should not be afraid of anyone, only from Hashem. You should love every single Jew with the entire flame of your soul, 
whoever he is and however he is. This is what the, the Baal Shem Tov's father told him. And we all know the Baal Shem Tov was orphaned at a young age. So the Rebbe says, these two things, what two things? Yiras Hashem and Avas Yisroel became the main themes of the Baal Shem Tov's life from that point, as well as the main themes of the Baal Shem Tov's leadership. Interesting, both aspects, his own, his own life and also his leadership, what he taught to others. What two things? Yiras Hashem and Avas Yisrael. Okay, so now the Rebbe is setting up for us what are the two foundational concepts that every child needs to know. Every child everywhere. The Rebbe is saying, repeat this everywhere to all children. Two themes, Yiras Hashem and Avas Yisrael. Okay. Now, what do you think these, these things mean? I mean? These are terms, but what do they mean? So the Rebbe says, and in case a child will say, how is it possible that I can come to the level where I fear nothing at all, except for Hashem? And in fact, <laughs> this is, this sicha, or at least this portion, was Moga, the Rebbe edited it, and it's in the Hesophis of Chelek Base of Lokuti Sichas. So when I say to you where the parentheses are, this is the Rebbe's own editing, okay? So, Yiras Hashem means, a child's going to say, how is it possible I can come to a level where I fear nothing in this world, in parentheses, except for Hashem? In other words, this concept of Yiras Hashem, what's the Rebbe's emphasis? Not so much on the fearing Hashem, but the emphasis on being fearless in all other situations, not fearing anything else. In other words, being completely full of courage. It's an interesting concept. What is a child's life supposed to be? A Jewish child is supposed to have fearlessness. They're supposed to feel, they're supposed to feel that, 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 that there's nothing that can stop them, nothing can hurt them. They don't have to, they don't have to hide from anybody. You don't have to be ashamed in front of everybody. I'm just saying, if you want to understand, emotionally speaking, what are like the foundations of a, of, a, of a healthy development of a child, so I'm telling you right now that Eb is saying, this is, this is one of the two biggies, that a child should be fearless. Okay? Now, there's a question that, that comes up which is, but how? But how do I know that nothing can hurt me? In other words, my fearlessness of everything else depends on my Yiras Hashem, that I find that Hashem is so great and awesome. How do I know that's true? How do I get myself to feel that? This is the next step that comes up. So the Rebbe tells another story. The next story says, and now here's another story that the Friedrich Rebbe told a story about the Mezritcha Magid. So that it was going in order, from the Baal Shem Tov now to the Magid. That the Magid explained once that when a father wants to relate to a child, the father will be involved in Kleinakaiten. 
in trivial matters. What does that mean? He doesn't really explain in detail, but I suppose what it means is sometimes little kids, they're interested in little kid type stuff, in games, toys, the kinds of conversations they have are not like deep philosophical conversations. They talk about uh, what's going on in their class, about uh, my, my friend didn't let me, uh, he didn't share the ball with me at recess. You know, these are the types of things that a, that a child has on his mind. So the Magid says, a father, because of his love for his child, he'll deal with Kleinakaiten. He's going to deal with trivial things, things that are very small for him. Things that for the father are really not so important, but for the sake of bonding with his child, the father's going to talk about it, he's going to care about it for the kid. A very interesting concept there. And the Rebbe says as a, as a marshal, meaning it's something you're supposed to automatically relate to, it's like a given. The marshal is, of course, it's a given that a father will deal with trivial things. Now, I told you already, at this very visit to camp, when the Rebbe showed up and was touring the grounds, what kinds of things the Rebbe was noticing and pointing out, and what the Rebbe was involved in. Little things, little details, not even things about the, how they were going to teach the kids, but physical stuff, material stuff. The shuffleboard the court needs to be uh, smoothed out. You need to put a, a, a fence around the, around the lake. Like really practical stuff, physical stuff. Like a father who takes care of the details, who lowers himself to deal with the details. The Lubavitcher Rebbe didn't have better things to be worried about than shuffleboard courts. But when you're a father and you have a child, so you're involved, you, that's part of the job. You get involved in, in trivial things and small things. So that, but that's just the marshal. <laughs> the Magid says, what's the nimshal? That of course, Hashem is our father. So a Jew should realize that Hashem is involved in all the small little things. And when a Jew will think about how Hashem, like a father, is involved in all the small little things, then it's going to be natural for him that he will not fear anything else. It's very interesting. We all know that the child needs to have that feeling of, of fearlessness, that nothing intimidates him in the world. But what is that based on? It's based on his experience of Hashem being caring and taking care of the details. So think about what the Rebbe is describing. It's, it's very important that a Jewish child should be fearless. They shouldn't be intimidated. They should be courageous. Think about today, all the anxiety that everyone has, including children. And the Rebbe is addressing this and saying we need to give our children an emotional foundation where they're not going to have that anxiety. They're going to feel safe and secure and therefore confident. It's very interesting. And this is all under the Definition of Yiras Hashem. What is Yiras Hashem? I mean, practically, what's Yiras Hashem? The way that I was translating it is fearlessness. When you fear Hashem, you fear nothing else. Because that's what the Baal Shem father told him. He told him it as a formula. 
You shouldn't be afraid of anything except for Hashem. So what does it mean when you're afraid of Hashem? You're not afraid of anything else. Okay, great. But how do I get that feeling? So the Rebbe says that's where you have to think about the Magid's Marshal, about a father who's loving and takes care of all the details. Think about that. And the Rebbe set the example by walking around the camp and, and, and pointing out little Kleinakite and things that are really not, not the most uh, humongous issues in the world. What does this show us? It shows us that when we take care of small things, things that are maybe a little bit boring or even a little bit annoying to us because they're childish things, but to the child they're important, and we take care of those little things, then the child is able to relax and trust that they're being taken care of, and then the child will be fearless. And God forbid if we do the opposite, and I'm not saying that anyone would ever purposely do this, but I'm saying sometimes we don't prioritize taking care of children's needs because precisely because their, their needs are often small little things. And from our mature point of view, we don't relate to these little things being a problem. Like we've grown up, we've grown out of it. So when a little kid comes to you and he's complaining about, uh, you know, I don't like which team I'm on or... Uh, they, uh, I don't know, they, 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 I got the wrong, uh, I got the wrong food for lunch. And from our perspective, it's like, we stop already? Like, we're, we're, we're working on such big things for you. We're trying to give you a great summer and you're like getting focused on tiny little details. Just let it go. But you have to remember that's how a child is. A child is small. So a child relates to small things. And when a father is a loving father, so he takes care of those, those small things. I mean, follow the Rebbe's example. If, if it could be typhus mocking by the Rebbe, little details about camp, then for, for sure somebody who's a counselor, whose whole job is to give a child a great summer, then it should be significant to you, little things. Just remember that these are little things. These are not things that you would necessarily notice, because Baruch Hashem, you're big now. But remember what it's like from the child's perspective. And remember the reason why taking care of these klinikaitin is so important, because when a child feels that the small things are taken care of, then they become fearless. This is all about the, the, the healthy development of the child. The goal is, like we said, that the child should emerge with these two foundations, which the Baal Shem have made the foundations of his life and his message to everyone else. Yiras Hashem and Avas Yisrael. And how does the Rebbe describe Yiras Hashem? Yiras Hashem means fearlessness. It means somebody who doesn't have anxiety, somebody who's, who's not neurotic, who's not full of worry. You see the kids today, how much they worry. Okay, so the Rebbe is saying, we got to get that out of them. we got to remove that from them. How do you do it? By yelling at them? No, you're going to make them more neurotic. <laughs> By telling toughen up, right? A makochevlim. By telling what are you worried about? No, you're just going to make them more uptight. You're going to make them more stressed. By being gentle with a makolnayim. And paying attention to little stuff that might seem trivial to you. But this teaches them that they're being taken care of. When they feel taken care of, they can relax. Okay. But we're not done. Because now the child feels like a prince. He feels totally taken care of. Every little thing is going to be taken care of for him because 
He's, he's beloved, he's important, he's precious. Okay, now that Eva deals with the next issue, what do you think the next issue is? Now the kid is feeling like every little thing that he wants taken care of is going to be taken care of. What? Entitled, exactly. It's inevitable that the side effect is he's going to feel entitled. Now, we're not going to not take care of him because we're afraid of him feeling entitled. We are going to take care of him, but we have to have something to deal with the entitlement. So the Rebbe tells the next story that his father-in-law told. Now he's on the Alter Rebbe. So he says, here's a story of the Alter Rebbe. The story is that the Tzemach Tzedek came home from Cheder, and as is the custom, Jewish children start studying Chumash with Sefer Vayikra. So the Tzemach Tzedek was studying Sefer Vayikra, and he came home, and he asked his grandfather, who raised him, the, the Alter Rebbe, why is the Aleph in Vayikra small? So the Alter Rebbe told him, because Hashem is speaking to Moshe, and Moshe made himself small. Moshe had every reason to be very uh, full of himself because of his accomplishments, but he made himself small. And we should all make ourselves small. And then the Rebbe describes what does that mean? Because I could repeat those words, but how do I explain it to a child? Make yourself small. So to make yourself small, I just want to, I'm looking here in the Haisafas of Chelek Base, Lukutisich is the Haisafas of the, the section of Yud Base Yud Gimotamas. And uh, yeah. And das is euch an uplanning for alle Yidin, as man darf sich halten klein. Make yourself small. Okay, yeah, what does that mean, make yourself small? Don't run around bragging. Don't uh, try to show off. I don't know, what does it mean? So that explains exactly what it means. Ton alts was der ebisch der heist und nit rechnen sich simen hot in dem a geschmack zinit. Making yourself small means doing whatever Hashem commanded without considering whether or not you enjoy it. Would you have come up with that? I wouldn't have come up with that. Making yourself small means following directions, doing what Hashem told you to do. Und wie bald as der Ebischter hat das geheißen is das sicher gut. And since Hashem commanded him to do it, certainly it's good. That is, that's huge. That is huge. First of all, what does it mean to make yourself small? Means to do what Hashem told you to do whether you enjoy it or not. But second, and maybe even to me this is a bigger bombshell, that although you don't have geschmack doing it, you know that it's good for you. See, Kabbalah's oil doesn't just mean I'm going to do it and I'm going to suffer, but I was forced to do it, so I'm going to have to suffer and I have no choice or even I'm forcing myself to do it because it was ingrained in me. But I'm going to suffer. It's not good. I don't like it. No, the real Kabbalah soil here is that the child is going to do it even though he doesn't enjoy it, but he knows that it is good. That it is good. 
Tell me, why would this child believe that something he doesn't enjoy is good? What's that based on? Where's the child getting this from? Hashem told you to do something that you don't like. You don't like it, so why would you believe as a child that it's good? You have to understand this whole thing is, is one building. We've already built We've already built the floors underneath which this floor is standing. So we've already established that you're taken care of. This all goes in order. We've established that every little detail is important to your loving father. So if you feel taken care of, you know that you're taken care of, then you're able to surrender to directions. In other words, you can't neglect somebody and then tell them to have Kabbalah soil. Or at least, I mean, you can tell them, but it's not going to be successful. Because why should they trust? Why should they let go? Why should they surrender? But if we build it like this, that the child feels totally taken care of, then the side effect becomes the entitlement, but then we deal with the entitlement by giving them a sense of duty. No. You have a job to do. Hashem told you what to do. Now do it even if you don't like it. But even when you're not liking it, you don't feel like you're being abused. You don't feel like somebody's hurting you or taking advantage of you or just making you do stuff that has no purpose or reason. No, you already know you're taken care of. So even when you have Kabbalah soil and you do what you don't like doing, you feel like that itself is good for you. So you have to go in this, in this order. This is a whole, whole system that I was giving us here. Okay. So now we have this system. The system is, first and foremost, to be fearless. How am I fearless, right? That's the story of the Baal Shem Tov's father told him, don't fear anything but Hashem. Okay. How does that get implemented? Like the Magid's Mashal, the father, the loving father who takes care of every little detail. I know that I am taken care of. So now... I'm fearless. When the entitlement kicks in, because I'm being spoiled by my loving father, takes care of every little detail, then I have to be told, hey, that same loving father who's taking care of you has given you instructions. He's told you what to do. And even when you don't like it, you do it because it's good for you. And remember, your father already established that everything he tells you is good for you. He's only there for you. He's taking care of you. He's not using you. Right? That was already established. There's an expression, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. People don't trust that what you're telling them is truthful and useful until you've already established some level of caring. So when a child feels that they're taken care of, then they can have Kabbalah soil. This is the Makal Noyim approach to Kabbalah soil. You can't beat it into somebody you can't tell somebody, in other words, to have Kabbalah's oil to the Indian of Kabbalah's oil. <laughs> First, you have to prove to them that they're being taken care of, even in tiny little details. Then they can relax and let go and do things even when they don't feel like doing it because ultimately they know it's good for them. And then what's the next stage? So then the Rebbe says, the Yetzirah comes in, and tries to talk you out of this whole thing, meaning the kid. 
So now the kid feels fearless because he knows Hashem is taking care of him and he's not entitled. He has a sense of duty that he has to do things what Hashem tells him to do even when he doesn't like it because he knows, he knows Hashem's taking care of him. Amazing. Sounds like a very spiritually and emotionally healthy child. But the Yetzirah comes in and tries to mess with that. Tries to talk him out of it. So now what's the solution for that? So the Rebbe tells another story from the Friedrich Rebbe, that the Friedrich Rebbe told. Now we're on the Mitle Rebbe. So the Rebbe tells the story, which is actually a Hayyemim. Not so much a story, but like a, a one-liner. It's a, a Hayyemim from Chof uh, Tevis, that the Mitle Rebbe said that when two Jews get together, so you have two godly souls fighting one animal soul. So the Rebbe says that the child has to know that whatever they're going through, they can talk to a friend. The Rebbe gives three examples. A friend, a counselor, the Rebbe said in English, counselor, or their teacher. And when you talk to somebody else, and you team up, so the Rebbe said, you guys all know, as when men fight, when you're fighting, Zwei kegen einem, two on one, the two are going to beat the one. You're going to be victorious. In other words, in order for this perfect system that the Rebbe outlined to work, a child has to feel that they have somebody to talk to. Whether it's a peer or a counselor or a teacher, Maybe it's even the Rebbe is describing in order of age, right? Like a peer is your same age and a counselor is a little bit older and then a teacher is like an adult. But at any rate, the point is that Rebbe is describing the necessity of having relationships. It's so important. A person cannot be spiritually healthy in a vacuum. When, when, when we think about, I mean, this is a little bit uh, lofty here, but we think about the idea, right? Like the Rebbe said that Avas Yisrael is, 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 is the clea for Avas Hashem. These things are all intertwined. They're all related. What does that mean? It means ultimately, yeah, we want the child to have a relationship with Hashem. That's, that's, that's the point. That he should know Hashem, he should love Hashem, he should fear Hashem, he should believe in Hashem. But what's interesting is, in order for that to happen, it happens within a human context. It happens within relationships with other people. And you think about it, that people who are isolated, who don't have safe, trusting relationships with other people, their relationship with Hashem suffers as well. And vice versa, somebody who has trustworthy people in their life, ideally it's your own family. Obviously the ideal is that the child's family is supportive and trustworthy and caring and safe. But at least they have somebody, a friend, a counselor, a teacher, they have somebody. So that's what makes this whole thing work. So reflect upon the significance of this. Talking to a kid and being there for them 
even on a basic level, meaning not having a profound discussion, although certainly that as well, if that's what the child wants, but even just on a social level of showing them that you're there for them, of taking an interest, or even just saying hello, good morning, or whatever. Just interaction, having human interaction. This is what makes the whole system work. It's wild. Basically, that was going in order, the, the, all these different things that the child needs in order to grow and be healthy. And, and the last one is interaction with other, with other people. That's what makes the whole system work. You're going to say, what about the rest of uh, the, the, the Rebbeim? Then the Rebbe stopped after that point, and they, they sang Animamin. And then there was another Sikha, and then there was a Maimer, which was the completion of the Hemshech that was begun on, uh, at the Yud Beis Tamas Fabrengen. So, number one, the Baal Shem Tov's Derech. Yiras Hashem and Avas Yisrael, which means what? Yiras Hashem means, the way the Rebbe teaches it, fearlessness. <laughs> Yiras Hashem means, I'm afraid of nothing. Like the Baal Shem Tov's father told him, fear nothing. And how do I get to fear nothing? So we use the Magid's muscle. A loving father takes care of every little detail, including smoothing out the shuffleboard court. When I know that I'm taken care of, then I relax. I know Hashem has me. I'm in his hands. I'm fear, I fear nothing. And then when the inevitable entitlement comes up and I say, look, Hashem's taking so much care of me, I can do whatever I want. So then we have the Alter Rebbe story about the small olive. Make yourself small. What does make yourself small mean? Relax and surrender, and do what Hashem tells you, knowing that he's not hurting you, he's taking care of you. Just like he, he's taking care of you when he takes care of you, he's also taking care of you when he tells you what to do. It's just another form of taking care of you. And because you feel taken care of, you're able to believe that. Do you get the subtlety there? Because I think there's an old model where, where we imply to people that they're going to have to do what they have to do, even if it hurts them. And, and the Rebbe is saying, that's not how you should tell it to a kid. Because you've already established to him that Hashem is loving and attentive and dealing with all the, the, the small things, even the trivialities. And therefore, doing what you're supposed to do, even when you don't like it, is not going to hurt you. It's only going to help you. It's very important when you're, when you're teaching Kabbalah soil to campers, which inevitably will come up because there are things that you don't have time to explain and really you shouldn't explain because they should learn how to follow directions. But there's, a, there's an old way, a makol chevlim way of doing it and there's a makol noyam way of doing it. One way is just saying because I said so. Another way, and this only works if you've already established yourself as caring and attentive, is by telling them because it's good for you. And you know how you know if you've established yourself as caring and attentive? You know the Evan Abaychen, how to test that? If you've truly established yourself as, a, as caring and attentive, is the next time you tell them to do something because you told them to do it, they relax and they do it because they believe you. And then finally, when the child starts getting confused about this whole wonderful, perfect system, what's the solution? We follow the Mitlareb is saying, talk it out with another person a friend, a counselor, a teacher, but those interpersonal relationships. 
connection. You understand, when you are giving time to a kid, the, the impact that this has on the child's future. I, I hate to use negative examples, but I promise you, I don't think anyone in the past 100 years has left Yiddishkeit based on a truly ideological basis. Meaning maybe once upon a time somebody uh, saw a pamphlet from the Maskilim and decided to run away from the shtetl. I don't think that's happened in a hundred years. Today, what happens is that people feel abandoned either by their family or their community or, or the Jewish people and because they don't feel that sense of belonging so, so they leave and sometimes even in a very harsh way. It's not a Jewish statement, but uh, it's a good, it's a good word. And yeshchokma uh, bagayim. There's an old African parable that a child who's not embraced by his village will burn it down in order to feel its warmth. So this connection to people, a feeling that I have people to talk to, that there are people who know that I exist. That's what makes the whole thing work. I'm saying it in the positive way now. When a child feels that Yiddishkeit is a place where there are people who he can turn to, whether it's about trivial things or about deep issues that arise in a child's life from time to time, but he feels that he has people he can turn to and who will listen to him and give him time and attention that connection, that's the two godly souls ganging up on the one animal soul. And then they're surely victorious. So the whole thing depends on those interpersonal relationships. So the, the impact that you have on interacting with a kid is much, much deeper than just whether or not he's going to have a good summer. It really, no pressure, but it forms his opinion about whether or not he can trust Hashem and Torah, and the Rebbe, and Yiddishkeit, and whether or not he's going to feel like this is a safe place for him to continue to grow. It's a very big deal. Which is why I'll just add one more thing that it doesn't talk about in the Sicha. But uh, on a practical level, it's very important. And that is dealing with your own emotional state, your own matzav ruach. Because this child's entire opinion of Hashem and Rebbe and Yiddishkeit and Torah is going to uh, be influenced by the relationship they have with you and the treatment they get from you. So it's really, really super important that we take care of our own stress. So inevitably in the course of a summer in camp where you have an incredible amount of responsibility, there's going to be stress. I'm gonna give you all a lesson that you can learn now before you become fathers, okay? 
This is such a dark vort, but I'll share this with you. You know why a Bechayr gets double portion of inheritance? It's due to him because of all the mistakes that the parents made on him. Okay, so I want you, <laughs> I'm a Bechayr also, so it's not just a fast on Erev Pesach, I also, yeah, got messed up more than all my siblings. I want you to learn this now, and then you'll already have it mastered by the time you have your own families. You cannot afford to let your stress compromise your ability to show love to every child and to do it in a, in a manner of calmness and gentleness. So when you're feeling stressed, you have to have tools for dealing with that. Especially, and I think this would be good for everyone in this room because you're, you're here as a group, is to try to make a commitment to each other. I know you're not all going to the same places, but I'm sure you'll be virtually in contact with each other. And also you can share this message with your staff that will be wherever you are, and that is that staff has to look out for each other's emotional well-being. And when somebody is stressed, if he's too stressed to even deal with campers, give him five minutes to go calm down. If, he, if he's able to just pull himself together by getting some chizuk from, from, another, from another counselor, then let him do that, whatever it is. But please be on the lookout for each other to make sure that you are feeling rested and you're feeling calm and you're feeling, you're feeling peaceful because it's your sense of, of, of emotional well-being and security that's going to make this kid, the whole system that the Rebbe describes, the whole system it depends on, on basically the, the, the energy that you're giving off. It's a huge responsibility, but... Um, there's no impact in the world like it, and you're literally affecting generations. You're affecting entire, entire families.